just going to open with prayer or before I begin to speak. So, Father God, we just thank you that you are good and your mercy endures forever. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word. You have given us truth. You have given us Holy Spirit to help us. And you've given us teachers in the church to help us to make those things known. So, Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that as we approach your word today, God, that you're going to bring understanding. You're going to bring revelation. And we just thank you for this and we praise you for it, Lord. Lord, give us ears to hear and hearts to understand in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a while since we've uh, got to speak. This isn't centered, so I'm going to, sorry, bugs me. I don't know, I can't get it either way, so it's kind of hard to get in the middle. But I'm glad it's here because yesterday I did some yard work, and it seems like uh, <clears throat> the more seasoned, I'm a seasoned saint, seasoned. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You'd mature, seasoned, uh, even seems like the smallest amount of yard work, and I'm just like, Ugh. But um, you can go ahead and show the first slide. But uh, uh, anyway, so I'm glad I have it here to lean on. I might be leaning on it today. Anyway, so I have some questions for us today, and we'll go through some scriptures. The first question is, do you ever feel like you're in a battle? Oh, boy. A little audience participation already. This is good. So we got some hands raised. Hands raised. Well, um, let's go ahead. Uh, and, 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 and again, this first part's very obvious, very, you know, we all know this, but in case you didn't know, that's because you are. And I just want to bring some, some, just some word about that battle today and, and hopefully bring some encouragement by the end. But I do have to warn you, in the beginning, it's kind of just a little bit, it's like, you know, because you got to have your eyes, you know, the scripture points out a little bit about our battle and what we're up against. And so we're going to take a little bit of time on that this morning before we get to the, the part where God is kind of made up for it. So, um, nope, go back. You're fine. You're fine. So this is something that we're all familiar with, especially here in Oklahoma. Two opposing teams, right? The whole idea of it, I guess you can't have a tie game, but the whole idea is to win, right? What would it be like if when those two teams entered the battlefield, one of them was invisible? One of them couldn't be seen. Would that be a very fair game? Which team would you bet on winning? Say that outer? The one that you couldn't see. The one that you couldn't see. Because to think about it, how much we rely on what we see. We rely a whole lot. And, and I just, you know, that's kind of, uh, some of you have been in Sunday school, and it's just something that just seems to be what the Lord is just focusing uh, my own personal study on and just bringing light and revelation to me about the importance of what is not seen and how much we spend our daily life, our thought life, our prayer life, our Christian life completely absorbed by what is seen. And so 
Yes, so if one of the teams was invisible, you can go ahead and go to the next slide. I'll do this little symbol. So we have already talked about that. Just think about it. Invisible plays. You might see the ball going, but that would be the only clue that you had. And you wouldn't know where they were to block you. I'm not a football player, you can tell. You know, I don't even know the terms and all that stuff. But if they were invisible, all their strategies would be completely unseen as well. Go ahead. In our Christian walk, if you didn't know this, I hate to be the one to, to bring this to you today. It's kind of like that person that says there's no Easter bunny and that there's no Santa Claus. Well, today I have an opposite message. You do have an enemy. You do have an enemy today. The scriptures are very clear about it. And that enemy does not play fair. And that enemy, for the most part, remains invisible. And you have already said, you have already said yourselves, which wasn't even a point I had on this thing, but you said it really well. It's, it's, it gives them an advantage. Who is likely to win? I told you it would be down before. We're going to get better. We're going to get better. We're going to get better. God didn't leave us without hope, and we're going to get there in a little bit. But I just want us to stop and pause. These are Selah moments. You know, if you read Psalms, there's this word Selah. Allowing it to sink in. We have an enemy who is invisible, who has plays against us, strategies against us, and for the most part, we live our lives getting up, eating breakfast. For those of us that work, we go to work. We come back home, eat our dinner, watch TV, go to bed, get up the next day, do it again. We have our routines, and we completely disregard. And I have to admit, I consider my pers myself a person of prayer that I focus too much on what's visible, visible symptoms, visible this, visible that, forgetting the bigger picture. So that's kind of where I'm just going today is just kind of helping us see the bigger picture. So he is not about being fair or kind. He doesn't come up to us, tap us on the shoulder. Oh, excuse me. I'm going to do this right now. Or it's me. It's me. He's not wearing a shirt. You know, that says, I'm the enemy. You know, he doesn't play fair. As much as possible, as much as possible, he will try to convince us, one, that he doesn't exist. Hopefully, he's too late for most of us in this room. But the first thing he tries to convince us is that he does not exist. But if he can't do that, then he will try to convince us that he is not at work against us. He will try to convince us that it's this or that, that person. I'm going to turn this way. I always like to do this. <clears throat> How many people have difficult people in their lives? You can raise your hand. A difficult person that you consider a problem and maybe even a battle. So he will try to hide in that situation to where our focus gets on if that person would just straighten up. 
if they would just do this or just do that, completely missing that there's a whole other dynamic. It can be financial. He's not nice, folks. He will mess with every single area of our lives. He will mess with our country. He is. He will do as much as he can to steal, kill, and to destroy, which I don't know if that's my next slide, but go ahead. You can go ahead to the next slide. So just a case in point of how tricky he is, how sneaky he is, just, just real briefly, we'll go back to the Garden of Eden. And when he showed up in the garden, did he show up in a way that said, I'm a bad guy. Don't listen to me. You don't want to listen to me. You can go ahead. How did he show up? He had a costume, right? He had a disguise. He had something that he was using to make it not clear what were they dealing with. Was it effective? Did it work? Do we wish things had turned out different? <laughs> so... <clears throat> so when he comes to oppose us, he's not going to play fair. He's not going to be a gentleman. He's not going to be polite. He's not. He'll do all he can to get away with as much as he can. You know, you've probably heard of an expression, give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And that may have been about people. It refers to a lot of things. But it's especially true of our enemy and of our opponent. That if we don't have any clue who's really behind something, you know, how effective it is, it, is it going to be if I concentrate all my focus on a person when it's really that, not that person at all? Does that make sense? I'm fighting this person, this person, this person, this person, when it's really not that person at all. I can give some examples. You know, there, you know I, I want to do be clear that sometimes the enemy doesn't have to do much more than to just make a suggestion. So that our thinking gets messed up. So it does, he doesn't have to stick around with his pitchfork and his horns and poke you. He doesn't have to do that. All he has to do is make a suggestion. Case in point. I, I had a, a situation where I was working in a situation and I had a supervisor. And I knew that supervisor didn't care about, didn't care for the, we didn't, we didn't agree with, with much, <laughs> much of anything. And so... You know, there were certain comments that were made on the supervisor's part where I probably wasn't supposed to hear them. And, um, and, and so I started to think about her a certain way. Was she the enemy? Not really. But if I focused there, the, actually the problem was I took the bait. There's a whole other scripture that's not part of the message this morning, but we can take a bait of offense. Where we become offended at somebody instead of when Jesus said, if somebody does something wrong to you, what are you supposed to do? Or, and 
Anybody say forgive out there? <laughs> we may need to do some teaching on forgiveness. <laughs> if okay, so okay, in case we've forgotten, if somebody's mean to you, yes, you're supposed to turn your other cheek. You know, Jesus said, if they take your coat, go with it. You know, give them your coat or whatever. Go with them two miles if they ask you to go with one. But you also forgive. If any have ought against his brother, forgive. And so by my not forgiving, I allowed a situation to start to grow in my heart. All the enemy had to do was make one little whisper, and the next thing, I've got a mess. It's not my supervisor's fault. It's how I responded and how I allowed the enemy to sow a bad seed that I let that I watered, <laughs> and it started to have fruit, but it wasn't good fruit. So the enemy comes in lots of different ways and affects our life in a lot of different ways, and, it, and it's just those little whispers. Could I see that whisper? When that whisper first came, did it come with a, a T-shirt that said, I'm, I'm bad, don't listen to me? No, none of that. He doesn't play fair. He doesn't play nice. He's out to cause problems as much as he can. All right, go ahead. So, um, go ahead. I think I gave that enough explanation. So, I just want to cover this, this scripture. Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And I know I don't have the scripture up here, but there's the scripture that is in 2 Corinthians, I believe it is. And if, if I start quoting it, you'll remember it. We walk by, not by... Okay, we'll say that again. We walk by, not by. That's how we're supposed to be. <laughs> we're supposed to walk by, not by. And that goes for the problems we have in our lives too. But it's not always easy. It's not always easy. You can back it up one if you want. Our fight is not always something that is seen. I, I, I know I've told this story before, but it was quite a few years ago, so some of you may remember it and some of you may not. But uh, there was a point in my life that I struggled. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at my wife. Like, <clears throat> there may, I'm trying to think if there was ever a point in my life where I didn't struggle with finances. <laughs> it's like, so maybe, maybe I should rephrase that. <laughs> but there was a point in my life, my single life, when I struggled with finances and I did not have enough. And I thought my opponent and my enemy was my employer. Should I even go there? Should I, you know, maybe I should just, okay? Well, we see, here where I'm headed here. Let's get the whole picture. I thought the problem was my boss was being a chintzy. Ooh, it's quiet in here. <laughs> so, because I was focused on what was seen. I see my employer. I happen to know the place that I was working, what, you know, their budget. I know these things. I see my paycheck. I see my employer. C, 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 C. Well, our enemy is not always flesh and blood. Similar situation to what I shared earlier about the, the other supervisor. So 
I'm just studying, you know, I'm going to church, doing these things, struggling financially. And the day comes where I'm reading the book of Romans. And I have been praying, help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. I need finances. I need more. Do you know that the Lord always answers your prayers? But it may not look like the way you thought it was going to come. God will bring you the answer that will bring the breakthrough. But in my situation, it did not come as a, uh, you know, a thing that dropped down from heaven, a big bundle of money. It didn't come as a gift or an inheritance. It didn't come as a lot of different things. So, I am studying the book of Romans, and I come across this line. And again, I, I always studied in King James back then, and I still do most of the time now. But it said, provide things honest in the sight of all men. Provide things or do things. Be honest, in other words. To where anybody looking at what you were doing could, would have no problem and would know that you were doing and being honest. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And as soon as I read that scripture, I'm just reading. I'm not looking for anything. I'm not looking for any great revelation from heaven. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm just doing my Bible study. And all of a sudden, I see this movie. And in that movie, I see myself taking a keyboard from my work without permission that was donated to my work as a boys and girls club for the kids. Sean, how could you do such a thing? And I saw, this is what the Lord challenged me with. With the people who donated that keyboard, they had three, so I justified it. There's two that are sitting in the attic they're not even using. I can just take this one. I can practice worship. I can worship in my home now. Praise you, Jesus. But the Lord asked me this question after he showed me that little movie of me taking that keyboard home. Would the people who gave that keyboard think that what you did was honest? Mm. And I knew immediately the answer was no. So all I'm saying is that once I was willing to allow the Lord to bring light and revelation, who do you think came up with that idea to take that keyboard? Was that just me? Do you think I had maybe had a little help? And that doesn't mean that he's always responsible. But I guess I'm just trying to say that sometimes we focus so much in the natural and we completely miss the things that are really causing so many problems in our life. Now, today in this message, I'm going to focus mostly on his, our enemy's kingdom and his enemy's workers and, and what the Lord has given us to combat that. But the, the big takeaway from today is it doesn't matter whether he's at fault or not. God will be able to give us the wisdom and revelation that will bring the breakthrough that we need. Whether it's with an individual, with it's a ch whether it's a child that, or a grandchild or great-grandchild that's making bad choices, there is always something we can do.
I'm trembling as I'm saying that. But that's what I'm hearing by Holy Spirit today. The enemy wants you to feel, he wants me to feel that we are powerless. Our situations are hopeless. There's nothing that can be done. That is the message the enemy wants us to hear 24-7. Because if that is what we believe, are we going to fight? We have given up without a fight. But this is what I'm hearing from the Lord today, is there is always something we can do. I'm going to share a scripture again. It's not in my message today, but we all know these scriptures, most of us anyway. If God is for us, that doesn't say except for this and so in this situation, that situation. And don't dare ask about that because there's no hope here. The scripture says we are not a people without hope. Not part of my message, but it was free today. All right, so... Uh, all right, so our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. There is something we can do in every situation. There is something that can be done. Anyway, let's go ahead and go uh, to the next slide. So we, we're for probably familiar with this scripture. Uh, the, it finishes out with the rest of this. It's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, the, against spiritual forces, spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Pretty, pretty gnarly lineup there of stuff, but we're not going to spend a whole lot of time focusing on that. We're going to keep moving. So we just have to realize we have an enemy, and he's got his forces but this is the part I really am excited to share with you today, um, is, as we're going to get to. All right, so when the enemy comes in and begins to attack, how are we going to know it? It's, it's him, right? He's not coming in a, you know, in a T-shirt or whatever. You know, he's, it's hidden. It's concealed as much as possible. Uh, I'll even use this word. I'm hearing Kelly Daniels, for those that remember Kelly. It's occult, hidden. Occult is only a word that just means hidden. How can we detect this invisible enemy who is, who is going to help us with this, right? Is there help? Yes. Okay, and that's where we're going. All right, let's go ahead to the next slide. And so, and I, I've kind of covered this a little bit, and I just want to point out, that, you know, you can get to the point where you blame everything on the enemy, and that's not always true either. Sometimes, like I said, I've already used a couple examples, and most of the time it's our own thinking that, you know, has had a little help. And sometimes he doesn't have to give us any help. You know, sometimes there's other factors. The good news is, is it doesn't matter what the problem is. God has the answer. It doesn't matter what the problem is, whether it's a spiritual dynamic, whether it's our thinking that's messed up, whether it's coming from some other area, God has the answer. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so... This is where we're going to focus from here on out. In John 16, verse 13, a lot of scripture in the last, this last part of this message. In John 16, 13, it says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. When he, again, this, I, I don't remember, I 
usually try to remember to use the New American Standard Version. And I don't remember if I even remembered to do that when I was preparing this. I was, was uh, but anyway, so I apologize if don't get stumbled up by the translation. Basically, with the Holy Spirit's there, he's going to help. You know, there's other scriptures that talk about him being the helper. I don't even know if I use that in this message or not. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide us into all the truth. He will guide us into all the truth. It's not just Bible truth that he's wanting to teach us. Bible truth is good. Bible truth is good. But if we come to church, does that mean we're never going to have any problems again? We learn a lot of Bible truth here, right? But does that mean that we don't have problems anymore? Okay. Do we have things that need some truth maybe in another dimension besides just church? See, this is part of the strategy of the enemy is to convince us that Holy Spirit is only concerned about your spiritual life. Holy Spirit is good. You pack him up, you take him with you, and you bring him to church. You take him back home. You may minister to somebody. That's what Holy Spirit's for. But don't bother him with anything else. That's, that's a strategy of the enemy. God created us. He's created the enemy. He sees the whole picture. And Holy Spirit and the truth that Holy Spirit wants to bring us isn't just for giving a word of knowledge or a prophetic word. Tatum, you guys chose a song today, and it talked about how much God loves us. How much would I be as a loving parent if Callan had a hook stuck in his finger that's causing him pain, and I focus on teaching him Bible verses and saying, Callan, okay, now let's memorize these scriptures now and let's talk about Bible truth when he's got something that's giving him pain. If you have a, hopefully you have a hard time, Callan, don't say anything. If you have a hard time imagining me just as a human parent doing that, our Heavenly Father's no different. He sees our pain. He sees our struggle. He sees our frustration. He sees our broken hearts. And he wants to bring his truth into every area. If, if there's one thing that my study of the Word of God, you know, has really helped me to kind of, I mean, and again, it's so big, it's hard to ever wrap your head around it. But truth is super important. We don't give it the credit that it deserves. And when you are dealing with the Word of God, it is truth. Jesus is referred to in first, well, in First John and in the book of John, but John chapter 1, as being the word. He wants that truth to impact every area of our lives, to bring freedom into every area of our lives, to bring breakthrough into every area of our lives. There isn't a part of our life that God is not concerned with. Not one little tiny part all the way down to our children, great-grandchildren, on and on and on. All right. So, um, so obviously, so one, light, one area that God wants to bring light on in our lives is our problems 
and especially the work of the enemy. You can go ahead and go to the next slide. So James 1.5, again, these are going to be familiar scriptures, but I want us to focus on especially this whole idea of things that we might be struggling with, problems, battles. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all, who gives to all, who gives to all, who gives to all. The reason I'm having us is because we, many of us know that the next scripture, verse 6, is going to talk about a double-minded person. And the enemy loves to trap us there. Well, you can't claim that he's going to give you help because you're double-minded. Anybody ever heard that little recording? Okay, well, maybe it's just a couple of us. But, but I want us to focus on the fact that God gives his wisdom generously. He is not trying to keep help from us. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that at least one person believes <laughs> that God is a good God. <laughs> The fact that, that we can be talking about this today just shows how hard the enemy has worked to slander our Heavenly Father. He has worked overtime to make us think he doesn't care. He's, he's a million miles away. What does he care about what I'm going through today? Has anybody heard that recording? Okay. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously without reproach or fault-finding, and it will be given to him. Okay? Go ahead. Go to the next slide. John 14, 16. This is Jesus again talking about Holy Spirit. I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper. He will give us the help we need. In the beginning... There are a lot of hands raised that we've got some problems. There's help. There's help. There's help. That he may be with you as long as you need it. He is here not just to help us for today's problem and then tomorrow you're on your own. He's here forever. He is the spirit of truth. And again, we've already covered that point that he's wanting to bring truth to every area of our life that needs it. The enemy loves to hide in darkness. Wherever we can't see what he's doing. If we, you know, I don't know if we even could, but we've got that door back there, but it's hard to see in the dark. How many of us ever stubbed our toe in the dark? <laughs> you know, and that's where the enemy wants us to stay is in the dark about what he's doing, about what our problem really is, about what the real issue is. In the example I gave about the finances, I thought the issue was my employers being stingy. But was that the issue? No, the issue was in me. It was in my heart. And God wants to bring us more and more. There's a scripture, again, not in, the, not in the message, but it says, I think it's 3 John, Beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in health. Anybody remember how it finishes? Even as your, 
even as your soul prospers, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And if the enemy can foul up what you're thinking is, like it was in my situation, our emotions, where we start holding on to bitterness, unforgiveness, like the first example I gave, all of that chokes, restricts, restrains, and keeps the prosperity and health that God is wanting us to have. Above all things, it says, even as our soul prospers. And again, so the enemy just comes in with just a little bit of darkness. And if we take the bait, next thing you know, he's got that open door. All right. Uh, I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. Next slide. This is such good news. This really is good news. We may have an invisible enemy, but God has given us, I said what, but it's really everything. God has given us everything that we need to be successful. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. He has given us. I know this is a challenge. We're walking into a season, as Pastor Virginia prophesied. It's not going to be easy. I can't believe I said that in church. How many of us have gone to Walmart or gone to the gas station and we've gone, <gasps> we're in for a challenging ride, folks. But God is bigger. Some of you may remember Marty Creason and Terry Creason. Terry went home to be with the Lord. Terry had a traumatic brain injury. Uh, he had, was in a car accident, and he had to learn how to walk all over again. Um, it, was a, it was a really difficult, rough road for him to walk through. And Terry ministered something to me, okay, this person who's having huge, enormous challenges, ministered something to me who had no problems, and could, you know, didn't have to learn how to walk all over again and all of that. Terry Creason said that in the darkest time when he is just, you know, when you go through something like that, you want to give up. You want to give up. It's like, is it worth it? You just want to give up. And when Terry was at that low place, he shared with me that God told him, I've got this. And I have never forgotten that because I'm just, you know, I'm weeping and bawling as he's telling me because I can't even imagine what this man has gone through. And yet he, in that difficult, difficult place, he held on to that word from the Lord and got out of that hospital. He didn't have to. He could have made some other choices. So no matter how dark, how dim, how difficult, how high the prices of gas, the empty shelves, whatever may happen, God's got this. God has got this. He has got us. You know, we have recently gone through in our Sunday school class about the, the miracles of the feeding of 5,000. And, and, and the, you know, there, there were people in the class that had personal experience of the multiplication. I have heard other testimonies 
But there were people in that class who have experienced God multiplying. So even if Callan just has one Fruit Loop left, you know, when he goes to get his Fruit Loops in the morning, it's okay, guys. God's got this. When he needs that food, somehow, God's going to take care of us. God's going to take care of us. What makes it a challenge is this is happening on top of all the rest of life. None of the other rest of that stuff went away. And so it's making it a bigger challenge for a lot of folks to just keep holding on. Because what does the news want you to do? 24-7, the 24-7 News Network. More of this, more of that. Be afraid, hire, bad, 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 bad. And even, I remember when I was young, they came out with, oh, I can't remember now. What's the name of the newspaper that's supposed to be good news? Oh, I can't remember. It was real colorful when it first came out. Oh, sorry. But anyway, it was supposed to be different. It was a newspaper. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> yes, I'm dating myself. <clears throat> Seasoned saint. Anyway, so when this newspaper came today or something like that, I can't remember. But anyway, when it first came out, it was supposed to be good news. But it's just as bad as all the rest. Just as bad. Where are you going to have to go if you want some good news? If you didn't know. Go to the Lord. Spend time in this word. Spend time listening and connecting to the word. Whether it's being taught, you know, television, radio, internet, podcasts. You've got lots of different ways to just allow that to come in and begin to feed you with truth. As the truth comes in, it pushes out the other stuff. We may have an invisible enemy, but God has given us what we need to be successful against all his strategies. You can go to the next slide. 2 Corinthians 10.3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of a warfare are not flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. I can't remember. Does it go on after that? Did I keep going or did I stop there? Go ahead to the next. Okay, so we'll stop right there. Let's explain that a little bit. The enemy is limited. <clears throat> this is another thing he doesn't want you to know. So we're going to uncover that today. The enemy is limited. Can he be everywhere in, at once? Can God be everywhere at once? Does the enemy know everything? No. In case you didn't know, he doesn't know. He does have a lot of access to information because he's been around a long time and he's got a lot of helpers. But he doesn't know everything. Does God know everything? Yeah. Who's on our side? God. We've got this. He's got us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to give us what we need. Um, so so, so uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. So we're dealing with things. The Lord wants us. You know, that spiritual battle, he's wanting us. It can also be our thought, our thought life. Our mind, do we see our thoughts? Still invisible, right? Okay? So in that realm, the weapons of a warfare are not carnal. They can change what is seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. When he gives that word, when he brings that correction, as we put it into use, it is powerful. 
It changes things. You may have heard the expression, faith changes things. All of those situations can be changed. Jesus himself put it this way. Go to the next slide. Matthew 16, 17. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father, who is in heaven, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father, who is in heaven. Blessed are you, Simon Peter, because you had something revealed to you from the invisible. Do you see what we have access to? The Holy Spirit brings us revelation. Light, light, light. I, I used to live in Mississippi. And I, for whatever reason, this childhood memory has stuck with me. And it's whatever the Lord is using today. So must be a good, good visual for this. Uh, we were moving from Mississippi. We were going to go to North Dakota. So the house is empty, except uh, there was a birthday cake. And I think it might have been mine, but I can't remember. <laughs> Mom, call in, tell us. You know. But anyway, um, there was a birthday cake. Somebody in the family had had a birthday cake. And because even in the midst of moving, we still celebrated the birthday. House is basically empty. There's nothing left. The moving van is already gone. We are getting into the cars the next morning, and we're leaving our car. So, we get up that morning. Nobody's going to want to move to Mississippi after this. We get up into them that morning. We turn on the light, and the roaches went <laughs> everywhere, you know. And we lived with them and didn't know they were there for a long time. Now, my parents probably did. I'm just a kid, you know, so I just don't pay attention to things. My wife would probably accuse me of wanting to keep a few of them for pets. But uh, that was not the case back then. But uh, the Lord wants to turn on the light. When that light gets into us, when his word gets into us, it's going to send the enemy scurrying and leaving As a parent, as a grandparent, great-grandparent, no limit to it, whatever, the, whatever relationship can be, it can even just be a friend. When that word that Holy Spirit brings, that revelation, gets into you and you release it, it can send the enemy scurrying in their life. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Don't let the enemy sell you this lie that says that there's no hope for these family members or those friends. That's a bunch of bunk. It's a bunch of garbage. Receive that revelation. Receive that light. Release it. Speak it. Whatever he gives you so that that light can be turned on. Whether it's in your own life to bring deliverance, change, hope. Whether it's in the lives of others. It's all available. Go ahead. Oh, wait. Go back. I'm sorry. I don't think I ever finished that verse. So, Peter, he says to Peter, upon this rock, 
I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. Go ahead to the next slide. The bottom line is it doesn't matter what the enemy has stolen, laid claim to, said is his, whether it's the life of a loved one, your finances, your health, whatever. It doesn't matter that even if that was locked up in the strongest place that the enemy can think of, we, you, I, we all still have access to it. He can't keep it from us. He can't. The gates of hell shall not prevail means that we can go in and take whatever it is that we need to take back. This is our assignment. <laughs> you know, I was considering starting this message about the battle a little bit differently because there's something inside, I think, of all of us then when it comes to the battle, how many of us are wanting to go right now and sign up and head to Ukraine? Any takers? Let's go to the battlefield. Let's go where you may be shot, where there may be missiles, where there may be things that are taking place that you uh, might get hurt, right? How many of us are wanting to go there? And unfortunately, that's kind of how we've gotten. We've gotten to where, well, I'll bring my problem to Pastor Virginia and maybe she can fix it for me. But do you know who the Lord wants to rise up? Get your shield out. We didn't even cover the scripture. I just mentioned it. Get your sword out. Dust it off. Get your shoes back on. Who's he wanting to take? Some responsibility and yeah, yeah. I hate, that's the bad part of this message is that we're going to have to get up and do something. It's easy to stand up and say, yeah, we're going to win, raw. But when I say you're the one who's going to do it, it's like, ah, not me. Maybe Pastor Virginia, maybe Pastor Eric. I don't want to go out there where I might, might, might get my tush whipped. Hey, I'm just being real. But the reality is, if you knew that when you stepped out onto that battlefield, you had no way to lose, would you go? If you knew that if when you stepped out on the battlefield, that even if you got hurt, you were going to win? The question is, is how much... <laughs> this wasn't part of my message. Oh, boy. The question is, is how much do you care? That's an ouch, and that has to go for me too. It's not just you. How much do we, how much do I? You know, if I listen to some of the things that I've said today, this challenges, challenges is me because there's situations, there's things that I pray for, different things that I have allowed the enemy to sell me that lie. Don't even bother. Don't pray. It's over. Choice has been made, whatever. And I'm hearing myself, and I'm going, whew, Lord, the bottom line is even if something of ours has been taken captive by the enemy, 
and and I know that's not really all this is about, but it even goes for our country. That's a whole nother message, a whole nother hour, and Callan's going, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) But even our country, that's a big one. That's a big one. But if we as the church were to rise up, Instead of sitting back and not wanting to get involved, including myself. Yeah, this isn't always, I, I didn't mean to go here. So it's like, Lord, if you, if, to be honest, if he told me, I probably would have erased it. <laughs> you know, so. But even to those extents, even if something of ours has been taken captive by the enemy the str- and taken to the stronghold, God is able to help us recover it. Do you know that that's good news today about our country? That that's a stretch. That tells me that I need to spend more time in the word to see what God can do. But if you think about the scriptures, look at those times when Israel and the Old Testament was in really bad places. And God would turn it around in an instant. God can do that for our nation if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn, that's one we always usually leave out, turn from our wicked ways, ouch, not me, pray, I will hear. All right, next slide. God didn't leave us here to be a weak, defenseless body of people at a disadvantage to the onslaught of the enemy. I don't know if that's, we don't intentionally see ourselves that way, but I know for myself that sometimes I just get kind of, and I live my life that way. I don't mean to, I don't intend to, but without God's help to kind of, and maybe a honorary Pastor, teacher, preacher, you know, kind of jabbing and poking to say, get off your butt. Ooh, did I say that? All right, next. We, as the body of Christ, that's all of us, are a powerful force to be reckoned with, even the army of the living God. Even the army of the living God. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? And it, and it has in that book, in Romans chapter 8, it talks about his love. What? And it goes right on from that. Who can be for us? God is for us, not against us. But it goes right on and says, who can separate us from his love? You know, it's because of his love that he wants to see us victorious, free, healed, whole. It's because of his love. Next slide. Is that it? We've been given armor. We've been given weapons. Next verse. We've covered all that. So, The next slide. Our loving Heavenly Father will give us the wisdom and the revelation that we need by the Spirit of truth. And again, you can go read James 1, John 14, John 16. That's where a lot of the scriptures came from. Is, next slide. Um, it says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan. And it goes on, we're not ignorant of his schemes. God doesn't want us to be ignorant. He will help us to know what the enemy is up to in our families, in our health, whatever. Go to the next slide. 
I hate to end with this. <laughs> if we're ignorant of the enemy's schemes or why our problems aren't going away, it's not God's fault. Ouch. Next. If bad things are happening and we don't know why, if bad things have happened, present, past, future, God can cover it all and he can bring us through victoriously in all of it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think that's it. We, we all probably are familiar with this scripture. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus' goal and coming and dying on the cross was not just that we would go to heaven and have our sins forgiven. We're thankful for that. But there's a life to be lived. And we see that in the book of Acts. It's not just about, you know, there's, there's a life here to be lived for him. We might have life and have it abundantly. Do not be deceived. Every good thing comes from our Father. Next slide. Comes down from the Father of lights. Again, there's that light again. Bringing that light. All that good thing. Go ahead. What can we say if God is for us? And we've covered that scripture a whole bunch. If God is for us, who can be against us? So a lot to think about. I know I've used a whole bunch of scripture, a lot of examples. You can go ahead and stand. Um, a lot to ponder. But there's hope. God is good. He loves us. Even if he arms us and equips us and sends us out into battle, he still loves us. Because he wants us to learn what it is to win. Do you know, how many have ever won at something, even if it was just a card game or chess or whatever? Is it a good feeling to win? He wants you and him to work together to win. Because it's a good feeling. He wants us to experience that. He's not out. He didn't put us here just to be defeated, discouraged, and kind of slip into heaven. He wants us to win. He's equipped us to win in whatever the situation is. So take that with you today. So, Father God, today, Lord, uh, again, in the very beginning, Lord, we all have situations. We all have problems. So, Father God, today, in the name of Jesus, forgive us, Lord, for being so focused. And I include myself in this. Forgive us for being so focused on people and on what's going on in the natural, in the seen realm, that we miss the true battle that's taking place. Father God, the whole point of this message, Lord, is that no matter what is taking place, you have a light that you want to shine. You have a word from heaven that you want spoken. Lord, our entering into battle can be as easy as saying in the name of Jesus, stop. Enemy, stop what you're doing. It's not really this big, hard, complicated thing. It's just taking your word and speaking it. Taking that truth and speaking it. A whole nother message.
So Father God, today, Lord, help us to be encouraged. Help us to be strengthened. Help us to realize, Holy Spirit, that you have not left us. You have not left us to be defeated on our own, but you are right there. Holy Spirit, we repent for not inviting you into our problems, inviting you into our situations so that you could bring that light and revelation that we need. Forgive us, Lord, to looking to, to uh, advisors in the natural. As much as we love Google, Lord, sometimes the answer isn't there. Holy Spirit, you're wanting to bring the answer that we need. And so, Father God, I, I just thank you for this today. Lord, I believe, Father, that you walk us as a body into this new place, Father, of winning. Of winning. Where we begin to win more and more and more. And to be able to share that with others, bring others into that winning lifestyle, Lord, that you have for us. We just thank you for it. We praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I bless you today. I bless you as you go. Have a great day and stay cool in Jesus' name.